Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include wholesaler news, my interview with attorney Peter Idziak on temporary buy-downs as a viable solution to affordability issues, and the latest inflation reading says... Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer and mobile-first technology for the modern mortgage lender. Nexus Engagement helps lenders convert more leads to close loans with a mobile app that fosters personal connections with borrowers. With tools like mortgage loan calculators, integrated home search, and instant messaging, Nexus Engagement helps lenders jumpstart the homeownership journey. To learn more about Nexus Engagement, visit simplenexus.com. Residential lenders everywhere are ruminating on Notarize laying off 75% of its legal staff. The closure of fledgling correspondent Cypress Mortgage Capital, powered by celebrity home loans, and the announced wind-down and shutdown of Loan Depot's wholesale channel, affected by Halloween, along with dramatic cuts to its retail division. Frank Martell took Loan Depot's helm in April and announced the bad Q2 results, fortunately helped by servicing income. Loan Depot is not alone. Of course, its stock, and that of nearly every lender, has not done well after its initial investors cashed out. Loan Depot went public at $14 per share, hit a high that day of nearly $40 per share, but closed yesterday at $1.84. If someone had invested their life savings of nearly $1 million at the high, their life savings would be worth $46,000 now. Thousands have been laid off not only from Loan Depot, but from other lenders in their rush to lower expenses. Those impacted can post the resume for free at LenderNews.com, and employers can view them for the nominal fee of $75. United Wholesale Mortgage, however, posted a net income of $215.4 million in the second quarter, a 55% increase from 2021. And a look at the stock prices of Guild, HomePoint, Finance of America, UWM, and Rocket, all show similar patterns, which are also reflected in the net worth of privately held lenders. And the autumn and winter are ahead of us. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show Peter Idziak, attorney at Polunsky Beidel Green, to talk about temporary buy-downs. We spoke briefly before this interview started, and in speaking with lenders and realtors, you've identified temporary buy-downs as a viable solution to affordability issues, especially as interest rates uh, have been on the rise this year and the yield curve has flattened significantly. Given these buy-downs haven't been spoken about in the media much, can you kind of discuss these programs and the market's growing interest in them? The temporary buy-down is uh, a, usually financed by a seller and it's a way to buy down the interest rate uh, effectively that the borrower pays during a, the first few years of the loan. Uh, most popular that we're seeing right now is the 2-1 buy-down. So in a 2-1 buy-down, uh, the mortgage payments calculated at interest rate of 2% the note rate in the first year and 1% in the second year. Uh, the borrower makes their monthly payment effectively based on this lower interest rate, and the remainder is made up through funds in an escrow account that the seller has provided via a lump sum payment at closing. Uh, and then in year three, the escrow funds uh, expire and the borrower begins making their full undiscounted monthly payment. Buy-downs do count towards interested party contribution limits. So there's not an option to do some sort of unlimited buy-down. 
you know, if you're talking FHA, you've got that 6% uh, limit. If you're talking about Fannie Freddie, you know, depending on the LTV, you may have, uh, you know, limits that you run up against when you're trying to do a full buy down. And why do you think that the media doesn't discuss these programs much? You think they're, they're not well known or they're normally out of favor with uh, the, the shape of the yield curve or, or the low interest rate environment we've had over the last couple of years? Why, why don't they get their due, I guess? Well, that'd be a bit me speculating, uh, you know, not as a member of the media on why the media is not reporting it. Um, I would say that they really haven't been used widely over the last few years. And going back historically, we really saw them started in the 1970s and 80s as a way to help borrowers qualify for uh, mortgage uh, mortgages that they might not otherwise. Uh, today, the regulatory environment is different. So almost across the board, a borrower using a temporary buy-down still must qualify based at the undiscounted note rate. But where we are seeing this now is really led by national home builders. Uh, one of the reasons that they prefer a temporary buy-down over a straight uh, reduction in their sales price is that this is an incentive that only affects those who are you know, seeking to purchase using borrowed money. Cash buyers would not you know, be aware of these reduced prices because you're seeing them through the financing and not through you know, publicly available data that would show uh, a you know, reduction in sales price across the board. Uh, for individual sellers, um, it is something that not a lot of folks are familiar with to even offer. Um, most sellers think that, well, if, if my home is sitting on the market and I need it to sell, um, I'll, all I really have is either a seller concession to buy down the rate permanently or um, a, reduce, a reduction in the sales price. But temporary buy downs can be really effective, especially, as you noted, in a high rate environment, because if you have buyers that believe that rates may come down in the future and or that their own personal financial situation will be better in the future, a buy down can cost the seller less, but be more beneficial to a buyer, uh, both financially and psychologically than um, say a small reduction in the sales price. If individual sellers are offering these temporary buy downs, is that indicative of a, a shift towards a, a buyer's market in general? I think it is one data point that can be used along with uh, you know, what else you're seeing in the market right now. Um, and one of the things that we're really seeing, uh, and from some realtors that I've talked to, they're seeing as well, is borrowers that are beginning to press pause on, on purchasing a home because they're not sure where the economy is going to go. You know, they do read a lot in the press about a, a possible impending recession. Uh, they're not quite sure about their own uh, personal financial situations. So to the extent that you're a buyer and you're hesitating, uh, a buy-down that allows you over the first couple of years to have a much lower monthly payment can give you the, that reassurance um, to proceed. So getting back to your question, when you have buyers that are hesitating, you have sellers that still need to sell, and now it shifts. Uh, the power shifts more towards the buyers, and these incentives are starting to appear. Um, I would I would say going back to to my original point that um, a lot of realtors may not be familiar with this at all either. Really, the the biggest uh, use of buy downs we saw 
recently has been, you know, pre-financial uh, crash in 2007, 2008. So this is really the first time that you're seeing a high interest rate environment uh, post um, post 2008, where these incentives might be helpful. So you've seen various lenders launch temporary buy-down programs with builder partners and uh, other lenders have, have it under consideration if they're yet to launch it. What's the goal of these programs? So the, the goal for builders and their lender partners is to um, basically increase their pool of potential buyers and borrowers and those who may be on the fence um, about whether now is a good time to buy a house by incentivizing them without a wholesale reduction in their selling prices. Uh, in many states, sales prices are publicly disclosed, and that would put both cash buyers and uh, other borrowers who might not you know, be fully aware or need these incentives that um, the prices are being reduced. And it can also help builders uh, with their customers who have previously closed. You know, no one, no one wants to know that they bought at the top of the market. Um, so for builders and their builder uh, clients, uh, builder lender partners, that's why we're seeing them there. Uh, lenders at this point, um, although they're definitely able to handle the programs, we aren't really seeing a lot of interest from lenders in subsidizing the buy down themselves uh, with, with the market where it is right now. It's just not really cost effective for a lender of course, having said that, the, the way this market has been so volatile over the last six months, who knows what the future holds. Can you speak to home affordability in general trends you're seeing there? We've, we've Interest rates rose over the, the first half of 2022. They've slightly uh, waned here in the last six weeks or so. Uh, the latest payrolls report shows the U.S. economy added way more jobs than expected, which means the Fed is likely to hike another 75 base points at its September meeting. Home prices, the rapid growth we saw over the last couple of years, that seems to have slowed a little bit. What are, what are you seeing out there? Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing what, what you're seeing. Um, I, I don't want to overstate um, you know, what I'm able to have visibility into, but uh, definitely availability of homes um, is still an issue. Uh, builder demand is still very strong. They still have waiting lists. Uh, there are still, on average, you know, multiple offers on properties listed for sale in most areas. Um, you are right that the strong jobs numbers this morning probably indicate that the Fed's going to continue um, raising interest rates. And again, that can be something where, you know, if we are heading into a recession, that makes a buy down even more attractive right now. Being able to buy down your rate and know, uh, over the first two years of the loan, thinking that, well, we're in a high interest rate environment that's going to be lower in the future can really be a way for a buyer to fully utilize a seller concession versus um, maybe, you know, a, a, a permanent buy down of the rate where you don't get the full benefit of that if you're refinancing in three to four years. Um, but affordability, of course, remains a, a concern in the industry. I would say that for most um, uh, loan programs, that a 2-1 buy-down will not really help a buyer qualify for a mortgage that they otherwise wouldn't because uh, Fannie Freddie, most investors in FHA, require the buyer to be, or the borrower to be qualified at the undiscounted note rate. So um, if the borrower needs uh, to qualify at a lower rate, then you would need a permanent buy-down to accomplish that.
I know we spent the vast majority of this interview talking about buy downs, but what are you hearing from your clients, uh, other ways that they're getting a leg up in this current market? Uh, it's really being creative. Um, it's uh, taking more time with files. What we are seeing now is um, for successful loan officers that they are taking the time to work through some of the, uh, the deals that are coming to them that maybe are a little bit more complex or have some title issues that need to be cured. So that is uh, definitely one way to kind of increase your market share in this environment. The other is to educate, um, you know, buy downs um, are one aspect of that. Outside of buy downs, uh, educating your consumers and, you know, we're seeing other products enter the marketplace. Um, You know, home equity loans are are always an advantage and an option. And to the extent that someone doesn't want to refinance uh, the existing low, you know, purchase money mortgage or first lien that they have on their home, uh, we are seeing a lot of clients that are exploring or starting to offer HELOCs, so second lien HELOCs that you can really take advantage of the increase in equity in your property over the last couple of years as a way for lenders to continue to uh, originate loans, even though it might not be your rate to refinance or your purchase money mortgage. Excellent point. Peter, I really enjoyed this interview. Thanks for making the time today to come on and talk to me. Thanks. My pleasure, Robbie. Like pieces of the economic puzzle, the markets received a couple data points yesterday ahead of today's latest inflation reading. Headlined by a wider-than-expected decrease in preliminary Q2 productivity and a negative 4.6%, coupled with the larger-than-expected increase in unit labor costs, which were up 10.8%. The decrease in non-farm business sector labor productivity from the same quarter a year ago was the largest decline in labor productivity from the same quarter a year prior since that data series began in the first quarter in 1948. Low productivity corresponds to a recession. Separately, the U.S. Treasury sold $42 billion in three-year notes to good demand, thanks to strong interest from direct bidders and international investors. Today brought the all-important July CPI report, which came in flat month-over-month, a major drop, with core up 0.3%. Year-over-year, the figure was up 8.5%, with core up 5.9%. Expectations were for increases of 0.5% and 0.3% month-over-month in the headline and core, and 8.7% and 6.0% year-over-year, compared with 9.1% and 5.9% previously, so this does play into the narrative that we have seen peak inflation. Separately, as mortgage rates remain volatile last week, mortgage applications increased 0.2% from one week earlier, according to data from MBA's weekly mortgage application survey. Ahead are wholesale inventories and sales, a treasury auction of $35 billion, 10-year notes, and remarks from Chicago Fed President Evans and Minneapolis Fed President Kashkari. Today's MBS purchase operation sees the desk in UMBS 30s for up to $840 million of 4% through 5%. And we begin the day with agency MBS prices roughly a half better from Tuesday afternoon and the tenure yielding 2.69 after closing yesterday at 2.80% after the better than expected inflation numbers. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. It's my girlfriend's birthday next week and she's been leaving jewelry catalogs all over our house. So... I got her a magazine rack. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, 
and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus, an Encino company, visit simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.